Well, I hope you're having a great day, and I just want to thank you, as always, for joining me for another exciting, fun-filled, thrill-packed edition. I think I just used thrill twice in there. It is the Jim Snyder Podcast. I am your lovable host. That would be me, Jim Snyder. We're going to talk about my story, my adventures in radio. We'll continue with that today. We'll also get into a construction update. And what else are we going to do? I've got a question I want to ask everybody. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to get to a question that I want to propose to everybody. And I'll have a really bad pun. What would a Jim Snyder podcast be without that? So settle back, relax, hang out with me for a bit. And let's do this thing, shall we? Well, can you believe it? We are up to episode, what is it, 14, 15? I have lost track. I really have. I've lost track of which number uh, podcast we're on. I'd I'd have to go look it up, and I don't feel like doing it right now anyway. So if you go to the podcast page or wherever you're getting these podcasts from, it should say on there. I think it's 14 or 15. But nonetheless, we're, we're moving right along. Hard to believe I'm this far into it. And yeah, it's 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 coming along. Thanks for all the positive comments and so forth. It's been it's been great. I do want to give you a, a quick update because it does seem to be a timely topic with a lot of people. Have you had your COVID shot yet? Well, I can honestly say, yes, I have. Yes, I have dose number one. Got my Pfizer shot the other day. And it's it's okay. Arm was a little sore for about 24 hours like most folks. Other than that, no side effects. I feel fine, felt fine. It's been a couple of days since I've had that first inoculation, the first poke. I don't know if we can say shot. I don't know what the, the you know politically correct thing to say is anymore, and I really don't care. I got a shot. I got a poke. I got an injection, a jab. That's right. You can't say jab. Well, I got my jab a few days ago. I got it on Thursday, so I'm still here. (laughs) And the next one comes as of right now, four months from now. And for those of you in the U.S., you're going, what? Wait, why? Well, because the supplies are limited here. Our... uh, Prime Minister here, Justin Trudeau, decided that he wanted to wanted to go with the global supply of Pfizer because the vaccine is not being produced here in Canada in any way, shape, or form. Plants are being built. We will eventually be producing it, but the horse is long out of the barn. So, hey, you know, it's, that's a whole other subject for another day, and I don't, really don't want to get into it. But, hey, at this point, later this summer, we will get our, our second poke sarah got hers a little over a week ago i got mine just a few days ago now as the vaccines roll out here things continue to move forward it's probable that things will move up a little bit so i would imagine sometime this summer obviously before september which is cool we will be completely inoculated we'll have our covid shots and we'll go from there now i wish it could be two weeks three weeks whatever the recommendations from the manufacturers are saying but that's not how it works here in Canada so okay so be it it's better than nothing so that's the way I look at it and I'm glad that I got my first shot so 
we we move on. So that's that. Now, a construction update. Things are moving along. We are almost there. Almost there. The flooring in our condominium has completely been updated. All of the ceramic flooring is gone. And, and, and I think the last time that we spoke, it was pretty much gone. Well, we have replaced all the flooring. What we did was we had, obviously, we had carpeting put in in our family room area. The shelves are in, obviously. The big screen TV is in. The fireplace is in. We have flooring in the offices that we had built and in the bathroom. Upstairs, wood flooring throughout most of the main level, except for the laundry room and May floor bathroom and our ensuite bathroom and our bedroom. That's vinyl flooring. That is now in. New carpeting was put in yesterday for our uh, for our main bedroom. We can't say master bedroom anymore, another politically correct thing. All right. I'll still say master bedroom. If you got a problem with it, too bad. So the master bedroom has been carpeted. The guest bedroom has been carpeted as well. And it's very nice on the Tootsies. Let me tell you, it was nice to get up in the middle of the night when I had to answer the call of nature and the floor just it was very nice to kind of just kind of you know wiggle your toes in so there you go probably a little more than what you needed to know so other than that we do have a little bit of work that needs to be done our our renovator john who has done a fantastic job throughout all this is going to be coming in and he has a few little just kind of cosmetic things to do we have what are called separators between the vinyl flooring and our hardwood floor. Those need to go in, you know, just to separate the gap there, put the gap together, rather. We're also getting a pot light put in between our coat closet and our pantry that's just off of our kitchen. It's a little dark area. We got to talking about it recently and decided, hey, let's put a pot light in. So I guess we're going to put a pot light in. Just one of those last-minute things we're going to do. And uh, what else? Video doorbell. We're putting a video doorbell in so that while I'm down here in the uh, in the studio, in the dungeon, <laughs> not really a dungeon. Trust me, it's not. But while I'm down here in the bowels of the broadcast center, which is known as my studio, if something comes to the door, I will know it. And it won't just sit on the porch there for hours or whatever and run the risk of being lifted by somebody who shouldn't be taking it, but then we really don't have a problem with that around here, but I'd rather not find out the hard way. So it's it's coming. Yeah. And I, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really needs to happen. That may be about it. Maybe a little bit of paint here and there, some touch-up work, that kind of thing. I think there's a little work that Sarah needs in her office around a window, a windowsill, I think, but that's about it. So we are 99.9% done, and we're very happy with it. So... Master John, if you're listening, I know he listens to the podcast. He told me so. Thank you so much, sir. You've done a great job, and it's been a pleasure having you in the house, hanging out with you, getting to know you a little bit more. John's a good friend of mine, by the way, but it's always kind of cool when you have someone who you know that's coming in and doing the work for you, and John has just done done a fantastic job. Attention to detail and if we ever need him again, we you know need something like this again. Well, we won't be doing this again, but if we need some kind of work done, we know who to call. I'm not going through this again, at least in this 
on these premises. Uh-uh. That's why we did it. We did it right the first time. So that's where we have. That's where we're standing with that. And I do have something that I wanted to bring up. And I wasn't going to bring it up. Wasn't going to talk about it. But this is something that's really been on my mind, and I'd like your opinion. And the reason I say that is because there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast, not thousands and thousands of people. I'm not going not to try to make myself out to be any bigger than what I am, but most of the people that listen to this podcast I personally know. Let's be honest. I'm a small fish in a very big pond, and that's fine. But there may be a few of you here and there, people that I don't really know, because that's what this podcast is all about, is to inspire those to overcome the things in their life, whatever it may be, if it's a physical disability, if it's just something you're dealing with, whatever it is, that regardless of the situation, you can get through it, you can make it. I hope that this podcast has inspired you to reach your goals and dreams. Well, I have another goal and dream that I want to see come to fruition. You may recall, if you listen to the very first episode of this podcast, that I always wanted to be a program director. And I never got a chance to do so in the formal standpoint. I worked alongside a couple of program directors during my, uh, during my career, had a lot of fun, learned a lot from a couple of them in particular, But I never had a chance to be given the reins of a station and say, okay, this is what you're doing. Make it happen. So, like other people, and it's nothing new, someone will, I heard someone say recently, I always wanted to work at this place. They got a job working at that place, and things began to change, and they felt they needed to move on because things weren't going so well, not for them, but for the company. And so it was like, okay, I've worked my dream job. Now what do I do? Well, I'll just go create my own. So that's what I'd like to do. I'd like to create my own radio station, my own internet radio station. And I will say this, I have something in mind. Those of you who know me very well, who are in that inner circle, know what I'd like to do. And... I'd rather that you not give the game away, not tell everybody, but that's that's fine. It's not a big secret. But I will just say this. I'm not going to tell you because I want your opinion. If I were to put something on, what would you like to listen to? What would be, if you could pick the kind of music to listen on an internet station, what would it be and why? Not just could you play country, could you play you know, rock, could you play you know, jazz or light hits or classic hits or soft hits or hard rock, whatever it is, classical, Norwegian folk, Chinese gong music, whatever it is, Christian, (laughs) I don't know, whatever. But tell me why. Just say, you know, don't just say, Jim, you should play this. And then just leave it at that. Tell me why I should play this. Why you think I should do it. Also, Maybe you're one that's has an internet radio station. You've launched one. You've been through this. Now, I've done a lot of homework on what it's going to take to put this all together. There's a lot of things that go into it. You know, getting a library, royalties, what you're allowed and what not allowed to do. And that's one thing I found out recently. 
my goodness, there are a lot of rules that you have to follow when it comes to playing music on the internet. And I'll just leave it at that. But I'm willing to play by the rules. And there's some other things that I want to do. And I'm looking into those as well. And if you know me well, you know that when I do something, I do it right the first time. I don't screw around. Yeah, I could put something up on the air. There's a lot of internet radio stations out there. There's a lot of people doing this thing. And that's cool. But then there are a lot of bad sounding stations out there. I'm sorry, folks. You know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to point anybody out. There are a lot of good ones, some very good ones. I know a couple people in particular who have launched internet radio stations and they're doing very well. And I shouldn't say internet radio stations. I should say a station that happens to be on the internet. I have said this many times that it doesn't matter what it is you're doing as far as a radio station. It could be AM, FM, satellite. It happens to be on the internet. You treat it with the respect it deserves. And if I may use an example, one of the first guys, and I'm not saying he was the first, but he was one of the first to do it. Glenn Beck launched The Blaze, a television network, regardless whether you agree with his political views or not. This guy put on an internet-based television station, and he went out and was able to do it right. He treated it as, as if it were on a you know a big transmitter tower serving a metropolitan area or on satellite it just happens to be on the internet and that's the way i look at an internet radio station you have to treat it with the respect it deserves and that's what i want to do and obviously i'm not made of money i'm going to have to put some money together If you want to send me some cash, we'll talk about that. I'm not going to turn down any offers. I will be brutally honest with you. I'm not asking for money. I won't do that. That's not the kind of person I am. But if you are so inclined as to share the wealth, hey, I'm I'm going to take it. I'll be honest with you. Because the way I want to do this, it's going to take a little bit of of dough. Not an incredible amount, but... You know, like anything, you know, you you get what you pay for. So I'm just posing that question to everybody. If I had a, a station that I put on the internet, what do you think I should do? What would you like to see? I know what I'm going to do. I've already made up my mind, to be honest with you, but I'd like your opinion. I'd like to hear from you because that will help me in shaping this thing because I'm willing to listen to what the people want. That's part of what I do as being a broadcaster. You give the people what they want. And honestly, this is something that I'm putting together for myself that I can enjoy, my wife can enjoy, and maybe all of you can enjoy as well. You can come along for the ride. If you're not into it, that's fine. That's okay. But I'm not looking to get rich. That's not the point here. I'm doing this because I guess the best way to put it, and I've said this a million times to some of my close friends, there are guys and gals, there are people who have a Lionel or an HO, or if you prefer, a model train set in their basement. And some of these setups are very elaborate. They spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on these things, and they are incredible. And they do all kinds of really neat things. And what do they do? They go around in a circle. And these people 
spend hours and hours and years and lots of money putting these things together, and it's a hobby. And honestly, that's what it is for me. The podcast is a hobby. The radio station on the internet would be a hobby. It would be an extension of this. Podcast isn't going away, by the way. You're thinking I'm getting bored with this already. Oh, gosh, no. I really believe that there are things that I'm supposed to do with this thing, and it would just be an extension of the podcast, or the podcast would be an extension of the radio station, vice versa. They can work together. So I'd like to know what you think. The Jim Snyder Podcast at gmail.com. The Jim Snyder Podcast at gmail.com. That's how you can get in touch with me regarding you know, your thoughts on what kind of an internet radio station do you think I should do or would you like to see? I know what I'm going to do. I just would like your thoughts and why you think what you think. And if you have, have any um, resources as far as technical thoughts, support, that kind of thing, any way you can help me out as far as your expertise, what have you, if you're nearby and can actually come and help, because it's because there is going to be a little bit of uh, const, you know not construction but equipment involved, and I'm going to need some help. So we'll see what happens. I'm throwing it out there. None of you may want to help at all, and that's fine. But somebody may. How do you know if you don't ask? So we'll see what we get out of this. And is this going to happen anytime soon? Not right away. It's going to be a bit. I'll just say it at that. I'm not going to be rushing to do this. Yes, I'd love to have this up and running by tomorrow, but it's not going to happen. It's going to be a while. Let's just put it that way. I'm not going to tell you. I have an idea what I think it's going to be, but that wouldn't be fair because you never know. Things could change, and there may come a point where I may just have to say, the way I want to do this just isn't feasible, and it may not happen. But you have to look into it. You have to do your homework. You have to at least... Look into it and try. So why not? What do I have to lose? I have nothing to lose by doing this. And it may be something really fun, and it may be something that all of you can enjoy. That's my hope. That's my prayer. So let me know what you think. The Jim Snyder Podcast at gmail.com. All righty, let's get on with my story. Last time I left you or we left me, I was working at the river in Toledo playing light favorites. I was had been doing the morning show for a few months, several months, and I was uh, not given the ultimate permanent position of having that, that, that shift, and that's fine. I kind of knew that going in. And they really didn't give me any real indication of what they were going to do with me. And so I started looking around. Well, I had sent out some packages and got a call back from a broadcaster in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And I'll never forget the call. The The guy called me. It was actually, the, the broadcaster was out of Cheyenne. Guy by the name of Dave Montgomery. Well, his program director in Laramie, which is a town actually up in the mountains from Cheyenne, 
Cheyenne is down in the valley, you know, in Wyoming, just kind of on the southeast corner of Wyoming in the Rocky Mountains, and Laramie's up on a plateau. I don't remember how many thousands of feet above sea level it is. It's up there. I want to say it's higher up than Denver. Don't hold me to that. Well, I got a call one afternoon from the program director, and he said, hey, heard your tape. When can you be here? And I'm like, wait a minute, guys. Wait, 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 hold on. Um, yes, I'm I'm interested, but don't you think that maybe we need to um, talk a little bit first? And they said, no, we want to hire you. We're ready to hire you right now. And I'm like, well, I think I should try to, you know, don't you think I sh- you we should I should come out and visit, see if we're a good fit, and you know, so on and so forth. Because one thing that I don't do initially when I apply for a job is I don't tell them right up front. I do it fairly early on. But I didn't tell them right at first that I had a visual impairment. I had, you know, have low vision. I did tell them when they hired me, but they were not interested. They were not interested in bringing me out for an interview. They were ready to sign the deal right then and there, me show up sight unseen. Well, we went round and round and round about this for a couple of days. And I ended up calling my boss where I was working at the river. And I just, I, I'll, I'll never forget the conversation. I called and I just said, hey, just wanted to call and see where everything's at. Haven't talked in a while. What's going on? And he says, he said something to to the effect that, hey, whatever you do, don't leave. Don't quit. I've got something in mind for you, but I can't tell you. And I just thought, I've heard this before. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I hung up. He wouldn't tell me. He wouldn't tell me what he was going to do except to say that, don't leave. Well, I've heard that before. And it's just like, you know, you can only do that so many times. And, and, and I don't want to be critical of the guy. He may be listening. I have the utmost respect for him. He's still in the business doing very well, I might add. But I was at the point where I was, I was tired. I had, um, you know, worked very hard at trying to, you know, impress them and work and thinking that I was going to get somewhere. Well, I decided I'm just going to take the job. So I put in my notice and they were, needless to say, a little bit disappointed that I left. And they were just kind of like, fine, go, get out of here. Good luck to you. And so I left. I put in my notice and I put in my, you know, few weeks and two weeks or whatever. And I announced to everybody, I'm going to Laramie, Wyoming. I'm going to Laramie, Cheyenne to do afternoons at K-Mix in, in, uh, in Cheyenne. And the radio station was owned by a gentleman who had a couple of stations in Cheyenne and he had made his money in the, uh, in the oil and natural gas industry. Cause that's a big thing out there. And so he had money, and I thought, well, this guy's got money. He's a little owner. He's not a corporation. 
I know that I'll have access to the guy in the corner office. It's not like I got to go through layers and layers upon layers of, of, um, you know, just getting to people because while I was at the river, we were bought the guy that initially bought us, uh, the guy out out of San Diego, John Lynch, who bought the radio stations sold us because if you remember your radio history for those of you in the industry back in 1996 the there was the federal communications act of 1996 that allowed ownership changed the ownership rules for radio in the u.s you could buy as many radio stations as you want up to a certain percentage in a market you couldn't have a monopoly so, like in in theory, you could own twelve radio stations, but as long as they didn't have them have a monopoly, you could have those stations. It, it, it I, I hope that makes sense to you. But it, you know, anyway. So, right, the, these companies, the big companies at the time, they were called JCOR, Eventually, became Clear Channel. Now, iHeart Media. Companies like JCOR, Cumulus. Infinity, CBS, were buying up radio stations like drunken sailors. They were just gobbling these things up. And it was it was just amazing. These guys came in, J-Corps came in, and they bought us, and all of a sudden we're under the, the corporate, you know, the corporate umbrella. And it wasn't necessarily a bad thing because, you know, we were taken care of. We were uh, you know, good group of stations in our market. But it was like you're getting lost in the shuffle. And I just was really just, I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. I was spinning my wheels. And so I left. And so I actually had my friend Vaughn, who I spoke of before, he and I loaded up a van and we drove cross country to Cheyenne, Wyoming. I, we left on a Sunday morning out of Toledo and and spent the next 24, yeah, it took us about 24, 25, 26 hours. We basically went nonstop. This guy, I think it was part of his undoing. The man never slept. He'd sleep for two, three, four hours at a time and then would just go for three days or whatever. That's just, And it wasn't that he was like, you know, doing any amphetamines or anything like that. This is how he, how he worked. So we had, we had, um, packed up the van and, uh, he drove me across the country from Toledo to Cheyenne in, you know, just over a day. And I'll never forget getting out there. We get to the we get to our hotel where the station said, We'll put you up until you find a place to live. You know, just we need to know who's checking in. So we t- you know, told him made all the arrangements. And I I remember pulling into the parking lot and getting out of the van, getting out of the moving truck, and just looking around and going, Oh my gosh, what have I done? It was just so different because it was different from anything that I had ever experienced. I was living in a different part of the country, a different time zone. Everything was going to be different. I'd lived away from home, but not like this. 
So it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a, of an adjustment, I guess, just to say the least. So I find a place to live over a few days. So that, and then my, my friend basically took the truck to Cheyenne, drove it up, you know, down the road to Cheyenne, went to the airport, hopped on a plane and went back to Ohio. And there I was. And working at this little radio station, I wouldn't say really little, but it was, you know, it was a decent sized signal. It covered Laramie and Cheyenne, of course, because that was the market that they wanted to serve. And Laramie, you have to understand, is a rustic western town. Home of the University of Wyoming. Nice town. You could walk practically everywhere. So for me, that was really kind of cool. You could go any, you know, you could walk pretty much anywhere. And, and if the longer tracks, if you didn't mind taking a long, long, long walk, you could really go from one end of town to the other. And it was a different way of life out there. It was a very laid back way of life. I mean, it, out there, people weren't in a hurry. I mean, out there, the dogs ran slow. <laughs> it was just, it was just different, but very friendly people. And it was a place where you could leave your your house unlocked. You could leave your keys in your car. It was just different. And I remember one night when I was coming home from the radio station, stopping at my front door, and the only thing I could hear was the sound of a train off in the distance. There was no traffic. There was no cars. Because usually when you're outside, if you live in a in a you know, metropolitan area, any size area for the most part, unless you're in a real small town, you don't hear anything. Or you, you'll, I mean, you'll hear traffic. You'll hear the traffic or whatever, but out there you didn't hear anything but just the train. It was so cool. Well, I take this job at the radio station. I've set it up for you. I'm, you know, in this small western town, new guy in town by myself. And the first thing that I did was I called one of the local churches and said, hey, I'm looking for a place to come to worship and can, can you introduce me to people? Because that's the first thing that you want to do when you go anywhere new. Go to places where people introduce people to other people because you're not meant to do this journey on your own. Because it's tough when you go somewhere and you're by yourself and you don't know anybody because you are literally on your own. There's no one to go hang out with. There's no one to eat with. There's no one to do anything with. You're by yourself. And it gets tough. I'm not going to lie to you. It was it was tough for the first few weeks because I'm getting settled into a radio station, which I'm not going to lie to you. Those of you who know the story, some of you know the story, this one was kind of rough because when I got out there, I had a boss who basically kind of thought, I'm just going to just let this guy do all the grunt work and I'm just going to be the hot shot boss. Cause there was only two of us because it was a small station. We were live in the morning. He did the morning show. I did the afternoon show and the rest of the day it was all automated. All the programming came off satellite and I had never worked with this kind. Of, I've never done digital production before I'd worked with it with digital automation because I was working you know, with, at the river, we had a system, but this was different from anything I had seen. So I had to learn how to do digital, digital 
multi-track production, and that was a whole new game for me. And this guy that I was working for had little patience to begin with. So it just got really rough real quick. And the pressure is mounting. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to do the things that he wants me to do. You know, the owner's calling and making comments. And it was just a rough go. And, you know, it was just like this guy was on me from day one. Didn't give me a chance to get settled in as far as, you know, learning how to, you know, how to run the equipment as far as like turn your, which knob you use to turn your headphone volume up and down, that kind of thing. And not to make excuses. I mean, I made some, I made some, some mistakes while I was there and, and I'll own up to it. I wasn't perfect, but it doesn't help when you're constantly just being bombarded. And at one point, and I had been there for a little while and it was funny, this was, I should back up a little bit. I got along great with everybody in at the radio station, the salespeople, the general manager, even the owner for the most part. I got along with everybody except for the program director. He was the only one that really just was just just being kind of just be kind of a jerk, I'll be really honest with you. And, I, and I'm not one to talk about people. And I'm not saying that I'm innocent, that I didn't do anything wrong. Yes, I did some made some big mistakes. We all do, but you know, this guy was just not going to give me, wasn't going to give me an inch. And at one point in one of our discussions, if you will, he made a comment to me that's, and it was, it really, I came really close to just getting up and walking out when he said to me, you know, can I give you a little advice, Jim? The next time you take a job, how about you tell them up front about your blind situation and I looked at him and I said do you realize that I probably could seek legal action against you for what you just said to me and he kind of looked at me and he actually took a step back physically took a step back he knew that he had crossed the line at that point and as, as time went on it just really didn't get much better finally he came to me and he said, okay, um, you've got to work on this, 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 and this, and you got a month to get your act straightened out or we may have to look for somebody else. And at that point, I knew that it wasn't going to work, that things just weren't going to come together. So I decided, all right, and I actually went and I talked to a lawyer. And I had never ever considered seriously going and talking to an attorney about something like this before. And there had been other times when I probably could have thought about it, but never really pondered it. But I actually went and got legal counsel. And the guy said, there's no doubt that you've been mistreated. There's no doubt you've been discriminated against. But the question is, will you win? And can you afford to lose? If we, you know, if you go after them, can you afford to lose? And I thought, no, it's not worth fighting over. So I went through the month. I, you know, went through the, you know, thing. We went through the next month and, you know, the guy had given me the ultimatum. You got to fix this, 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 and this. And then we sat down. We had a little powwow 
And I said, okay, where do we stand? And he says, well, you've done, a, you've, you've really improved, but there's still a couple of things we're not happy with. And I just said, okay, all righty. I'll tell you what, you're not happy. Owner has, is obviously has his issues. I'm not happy, so I'll tell you what. You pay for my moving expenses back to Ohio. I'll give you a two-week notice, and we'll forget any of this ever happened. You never saw me. I never worked here. We'll just, you know, I mean, obviously we can't hide that. But, I mean, but it's basically it's like, you know what? We'll forget all this ever happened. I'll go on my way. You go on your way. And ultimately, that's what we did. So I gave my notice, and they cut me a check for some moving expenses. And it was it was kind of sad because I was getting along great with everybody else in the building. Not like there was a ton of people. It wasn't like a big, huge staff. But we were kind of a neat little family. And it was like, you're leaving? Yep. You know, we... PD and I can't seem to get along, and you know what? Let's just call it a day it's for the best. And I knew that it was the right thing for me to do, and I knew that I was going about this the right way because while I was, it was probably about a week or two after I gave my notice because what had happened, I, sh- I probably should back up a little bit. Uh, I remember my last day on the radio in Wyoming. I'm doing my my last show, and I got a call from another radio station in Cheyenne, called me and said, we've been listening to you. We like what you're doing. Would you be interested in coming to work for us? And I said, well, <laughs> I've only been here for a few months, and that's not unusual because that happens with radio people. Sometimes you'll go to work somewhere and, and you leave a few months later, either on your own or the station decides to do it for you. It happens. Well, these people called and they said, yeah, we're interested in having you come in. We're, we're a country station. Would you be interested in coming to afternoons for us? And I said, at first I said no. And I just said, "I'm." Um, we've had a little difference of opinion as far as me and my current employer so I'm leaving and I'm probably going to go back to Ohio and the guy was like well okay uh, but if you change your mind think about it over the weekend and give us a call well I you know what I called him back I think I called him back on Monday and I said you know what you want me to come down to Cheyenne and visit you and take a tour and I'll listen to what you got to say so I did. I got a shuttle from an airport shuttle from Laramie, Wyoming down to Cheyenne because they're really, uh, I mean, there's, there's, there is a small airport in Laramie, but the bigger one is in Cheyenne, the big city with 80,000 people. <laughs> so I go down to Cheyenne and I go into this company, this radio station. It was a, I think it was an AM and an FM. The FM was like, was a, was a country station, had a big, huge signal. Uh, met with the program director, met with the general manager, and they said, "Would you like to come do afternoons?" And they said, "And I said, oh, well, maybe." What kind of money are we talking here? 
and they weren't even close to what they were going to pay me or what I was making for the other guys that I just left. I said, you're not even close. You're going to have to come up a little bit more. Well, that's what we can offer, but the offer's on the table. And I'm like, okay, um, when are you going to make a decision? Well, we're going to make a decision soon. And they started asking me about the radio station and what it was, you know, what they were doing and who was there and who was the program director and all this. And honestly, what it was is they were fishing with a pH, if you know what I mean. They were digging for answers. They were looking to find out what was going on. They had no really intentions in hiring me because after I left, I waited about a week and I had already started to make arrangements to get my stuff back to Ohio. My dad ended up flying out to Cheyenne. We rented a truck. I had some friends from the church loaded up and my dad and I went cross country over a couple of days. He wasn't going to be like my friend Vaughn and drive nonstop. He did that once when we were, oh golly, years and years earlier when I was just a little kid, we drove from Toledo, Ohio to Livingston, Montana in 27 and a half hours. I'll never forget it. But he wasn't going to do that again. And I understand. But anyway, so I had all had all that arranged. And I called the radio station and I talked to the general manager and I said, okay, where do we stand? I don't know. He says, I'm not sure what we're going to do. And I'm like, well, how about you let me know? Because I'm getting ready to go back to Ohio. Now, if you have a job for me, and we can, you know, I'm, you know, we can work, work out a deal, negotiate. I'll stay, you know, I was there and it looked like a nice place. Now, the other thing that was going on, and I knew this going in was that they were in the early stages of being bought by then J Corp, which became clear channel, which became iHeart. I think by that point it was clear channel. And I kind of knew what was going to happen, but I wanted to see what these guys were going to offer me because the general manager at that point, you know, when I said, come on, you know, I'm trying to push his hand. It's like, let's do this. Are we going to do this or not? And he basically just said, okay, there's no job for you. Forget it. We're done. I don't want to talk to you. We're done. There's no job offer for you now. And I'm like, okay, fine. Thanks. So I called the program director and I just, and I, he wouldn't answer his phone at that point. So I just said, Hey, thanks for, thanks for bringing me in. It was great. All the best to you. Good luck. Well, as it turned out six months later, they did get bought by then clear channel and clear channel cleared everybody out. Everybody got fired. They broomed everyone. So I probably would have been out of a job six months later anyway. So it was just the, it was, it was, it was interesting to play the game because I thought, what do I have to lose? It could, it could have worked out, but then at the same time, I ultimately knew that it wasn't going to, but I wanted to see what they were going to do. Well, I had made arrangements. I had got, you know, everything all squared away. And it was kind of sad for me to leave in some regards because when you go somewhere, it takes time to develop relationships. And I had started to develop some relationships people I went to church with, people I went to that I worked with. There was one gentleman that I'd like to acknowledge, and I really wanted to stay in touch with him, and it just didn't work out. His name was Conrad. Conrad kind of became my best friend. And I don't know 
if he's listening, Conrad, if you're listening, you know who you are. I won't give your last name, but Conrad, you helped me out so much. And I have not forgotten our, our short friendship. It was very much appreciated, brother. You helped me out in more ways than I can imagine. But before you think that this was a waste of my time and it was a bad decision from a from a yeah a professional standpoint <laughs> yeah it probably wasn't the best move but I'll tell you what from a personal standpoint I'm glad I did it because it forced me to spend some time with God where I would spend time in prayer where I had to go to him and I honestly think the reason I was supposed to go out there was that God wanted me to get him to himself. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to take you away from all the stuff you know, all the stuff you get that distracts you from me. And you and I are going to have a little time together, buddy. We're going to spend a little time together. And I honestly think that's what happened. And I did spend a lot of time in scripture, spend a lot of time praying, spend a lot of time just meditating, spend a lot of time by myself. And I'm glad that I did. It really it really did help me out quite a bit. So when I realized that I was going to need another job, I started making some phone calls. And I called a buddy of mine that I used to work with. I don't say buddy, a, a colleague, if you will. A very nice guy, a legend in, in Toledo Broadcasting. I gave him a call and I said, hey, Bob, I'm looking for work. Do you know of anything that's going on where you are? He had gone to a different radio station since we worked together, and he said, yes, I think I might be able to help you. Give me a call back. I called him back a week later, and he says, yes, my boss wants to talk to you. And that conversation led to the beginning of what I would say a very good friendship and something that really was very, very special. We'll talk about that next time. Well, today's pun is really very simple. Horse sense comes from a stable mind. I'll say it again. Horse sense comes from a stable mind. Yeah, I know. If you've got an idea for a pun, comment, question, suggestion, ideas for what kind of internet radio station Jim should do, I'd love to hear from you. The Jim Snyder Podcast at gmail.com. The Jim Snyder Podcast at gmail.com. And I thank you for those of you who have been sending me puns, have had questions, comments, ideas. Appreciate it. Keep them coming. Well, we'll get together next time and we'll we'll talk about that next chapter in my story. It's definitely a good one. And I'm still affected by it to this day. I'll leave it at that. But thank you so much for joining me. We'll get together next time. We'll chat some more. And until then, this is Jim Snyder. As I always remind you at the end of every podcast, it's not what happens to you in life that's important. It's how you respond that really counts. Counts.